The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. We're talking about uh, this incredible topic, love, sex, and marriage, and so great to have you with us today for this. We've been doing this now for a number of weeks, and today's talk is really a piggyback on one that I did two weeks ago when we talked about how to have love that lasts longer than a Hollywood marriage. And that's no slight against Hollywood. It's just that the marriages that we tend to hear a lot about there are very short, and so most people would prefer that not to be the case. They want to fall in love and stay in love for a long time. And so I told you about the type of love that's described in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13 is the kind of love that you need. And it's all described there in perfect English detail. You don't have to pray about it, wonder about it, interpret it. It's as plain as day. This kind of love will carry you your whole life long. And it's called sacrificial love. It's a Greek form of agape love. And went into that in great detail. That was a couple weeks ago. If you missed it, you can get it on our website and listen to the podcast while you're at work. But today is the companion piece to that one. There I talked about uh, when you are uh, at the right, it's the right time for you to begin dating. So if you're single... Then, and you're wondering, well, should I be dating or should I not be dating? Or you have a parent and you have children. Should my kids be dating now? Are they ready? Or what is the age that they're ready? Or if you've just recently been through a divorce and you're thinking you're ready to go start dating again, but all your friends and relatives are saying, no, you're not. There's a bit of disagreement there or whatever. This clarifies all of it. Okay? All of it. It explains it perfectly. This is when you are able to start dating again. Boom. So listen to that and you'll get all of that. Today I want to talk about a little bit further on that same topic is uh, how do you find the right person to start dating and what do you look for in the qualities and, and this myth that says that there is a right person out there for you. And we're calling that a myth right from, the, right from the start. I want to explain myself and tell you why I believe that is untrue. Well, that's a lie. It's a falsehood that is put upon us. And it goes something like this. If you find the right person, then everything will be okay. And that's all you need to do. If you just find the right person, you'll be happy. Your life will be great. That's all you got to do. It's so simple. Eight billion people in the world. You just find the right one. The one that's just for you. And you'll be happy. All your dreams will be fulfilled. And you'll have the relationship you dreamed you would always have. Find that right person. How do you know you found the right person? Let's say that you believe that. That is true. And most of us do. How do you know you find the right person? The way they describe it is usually chemistry. Well, they say things like, Oh, I am just crazy about this person. They make me feel so good. I mean, we are a match made in heaven. They describe it almost in terms as if their love is the greatest love ever in the history of mankind. That no other couple has ever even come close to the love that they share. 
I mean, their love is unique. A mom, you don't understand it at all. I mean, you and dad, uh, ew. I mean, we know love. We have this amazing relationship. And uh, we are just, when I'm with him, I am complete. You know, and they talk about it in these glorious terms of of some passionately love. I'm up all night. I can't do things. Think about him. It's just love, 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 love. And they're describing the chemistry that they feel. The feelings, the, the pow, the wow. All the good passion of a relationship. It's chemistry. Now, the problem is... They take all that wonderful chemistry, and wonderful it is, that's true. I'm not against chemistry. And they take that and they bring that into a long-term relationship and some even into marriage. And so the marriage is then built on, is founded on, it's all about the chemistry. But then something happens. It's called life. L-I-F-E. Life. Life starts to work, and all of a sudden, the chemistry does what? It begins to fade, begins to dissipate. The chemistry isn't quite there anymore, and things start to get a little boring or a little stale. And this question pops up in the back of your mind, maybe, just maybe, this isn't the right person. Maybe I made a mistake and I married the wrong person. And why do I think that? Why do I come to that conclusion? Because we're having problems. We're having problems in our relationship. That must mean this is not the right person for me. Because we all know when you have the right person, what is it? Everything's all right. And so often what happens is the, the female, and it's not always the female, but it's usually the female, will get this wonderful idea of how to fix this relationship. I will fix this relationship by having a baby. That's all we need. If we had a baby, everything would be great. It would be fine. Let's have a baby. And, of course, the guy always says, that's a great idea because that means more sex. And more sex is always good from his perspective. More sex, that's great. Good news. Let's have a baby. And so now we have a baby that comes into this relationship that's built on chemistry. And what does a baby do? Well, babies are wonderful, right? We all love babies. I love babies. And uh, they're just precious and cute and terrific. And incredibly selfish and needy and always wanting their own way right and if you don't give them exactly what they want they're irritable and they complain and they whine and sometimes in the middle of the night and they don't care that you have to get up the next morning go to work and do all those things they don't care they demand their own way and so we take a baby and we throw it into a dysfunctional relationship And everything gets ten times worse, not better. You know what the number one time men are most tempted to have an affair is when their wife is pregnant? Statistically, that's true. You know, I mean, you're pregnant, you're changing, all the hormones are changing, your, your bodily is physically changing. I always think about alien, but that's terrible. Um... But, you know, 
you're changing all over. You're not yourself. I mean, who, who craves ice cream and pickles at the same time at 3 in the morning? Not, not, you're not yourself. And so he goes to work, and Susie is there. And Susie is not pregnant. And she is so lovely. She is so kind. She gives him all that attention. And, and he's so cute. And she just loves to be with him at his cubicle. And you start developing this relationship. And it, it's going in a direction. And he is incredibly tempted to have an affair. So here's the big idea this morning. All right, this is it. This is the big idea. And blow your minds with this. Ready? Here it is. Big idea. Everything you ever need to know today is this. Instead of finding the right person, let's become the right person. We're no longer trying to find the right person. We're working at becoming the right person. The right person looks like this. Ta-da, you have a list. Everybody has a list. Even if you say you don't have a list, oh, I'm just open to whatever, that's a lie. We all know it's not true. You have a list, written or not, he needs to be da-da-da-da-da. She needs to have this, 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 this. And you have your list. So the question I have for you is this. Based on your list of what you're looking for in that right person, is that person looking for you? In other words, do you have all those qualities? Are you that list? Because lists find lists that are equal. So are you that person that you're looking, to, you're looking to find that right person? Are you the right person? Because you attract what you are. Are you? You see, if you go to the Bible and you try and figure out, okay, Bible, God, tell me how to get the right person. You'll get nothing. It's blank. There's nothing. You will look and look and look and you'll find nothing there to help you. It's an empty pursuit. If you, on the other hand, go to the Bible and say, show me how to become the right person, it opens up to all kinds of things, more than you could ever use or need. Story after story, illustration after illustration about how to become the right person. Steps, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't say this, do this. Very detailed, tons and tons of information and data on all you need to know To become the right person. Finding the right person is impossible. Impossible. Becoming the right person is possible. So let me give you from the biblical perspective the best and most uh, successful strategy for dating. Right? So where do you find that? Right? You get it here. So there it is. Ready? So you're single. And you think you might be dating, or you're already dating. Here is the best strategy for dating. Let me give it to you. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, which is the same chapter we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember, we're looking at it again today, and we're going to kind of bring it all together. That was about sacrificial love, agape love. And uh, so let's add to it here. Uh, just for review's sake, in verse 4, he mentioned that if you're going to have a love that lasts forever, it's, it needs to include patience. And patience, a simple definition, means you never pressure the other person to do what they don't want to do. So if you're being pushed, 
then there's a problem where there, there's no patience here. You're pushing you to do what you don't want to do. I don't feel, un- I don't, I'm uncomfortable doing that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Come on, come on, come on. You're being pushed, okay? Then that's a lack of patience. Kindness is just simply considerate. It's, it's taking how they feel into consideration on your decision-making process. And so if it's, I don't care how you feel, I don't care how you think, I don't care what you want, then it's lacking love. Your feelings do matter to me. Even though your feelings are not my feelings, and from my perspective, it's irrational and foolish, kindness would say, I take that into consideration. I consider how you feel. It's important to me. Envy, he says that a love, sacrificial love is not envious, and that basically means that I don't feel good about myself. Therefore, I can never let you feel good about yourself. And for a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, you may think that you're a loser or a failure. You're fat or ugly or whatever, you know, whatever reason you, you, you lack confidence in yourself. But if that other person ever exhibits any kind of confidence or success, you put it down. You attack it. You try and defeat it. Because you can't let them have Success, you're jealous. You have envy. You need to one up them constantly. You see it in conversations. So she's telling you a story and about what happened during her day and describing certain events, and you interrupt and say, Oh, but wait, wait, that happened to me. And then you have to tell your story, and it's not about her anymore, it's all about you and telling your story and how you're constantly one up her because of being so. Jealous, being in competition. He says it doesn't have pride. Pride is me first. Me first. It's all about me. It's all about what I need and what my needs are now. I'm not, my needs aren't being met. You're not doing what I want. It's always about what you want and what you need. Never considering the other person. Humility is the opposite of that. So listen, think about this. How different would your childhood have been if your father was more patient with you? How different would your childhood have been if your mother spoke kind words to you? She wasn't so critical and always correcting you and harsh. How different would it have been? How different would your home life have been had your mother and father showed each other patience and kindness. And they supported one another. They loved one another. They encouraged one another. How different would that have been growing up? How would the the climate of your home have been different had your father and mother not competed with one another and always arguing about who does what, who does this, and why aren't you doing more? Look at what I've done. If you ignore the values of this other person in this whole pursuit of dating, if you ignore the values, ignore them, and you focus solely on the, the passion, the feelings, the chemistry, then what's going to happen is that is going to fade. I guarantee you it will fade over time, and those feelings, that chemistry will eventually crush your values. And they'll go right out the window. Everything you thought you believed in, everything you held as pure and good and true will be taken away. 
And you sit there with nothing in a pool of tears asking yourself the question, how in the world did I get here? You see, nobody stands at the altar and they're looking at their love and, and she's so beautiful. And So you're about to exchange your vows and, and you hold her hand and you say, today I ruin my life with you. Today I give a peace, a love, and I embrace a life of suffering. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's never been done in the history of the world. And yet, that's where they end up. And they say, well, we never intended to be here. I want to explain how that happens. Why? If you look at verse 11, Paul, remember, we're talking about love. So he's going to wrap this up. He says, okay, let me explain here something here. Verse 11, take a look at it. It's amazing. He says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But I gave all that up so I could embrace love. Because you can't have both. If you're going to act like a child, if you're going to reason like a child, if you're going to think like a child, you cannot have love. It escapes you. Right? Think about it. If you've had children, this will be really easy for you. If you haven't, to stretch. Try and picture this. Your son or your daughter comes up to you and says, you know, dad, mom, you know, I'm just so bored today. Can I mow the lawn? And, you know, how about the weeding too? And you flip out and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Say that again, you alien. Right? Because they never say things like that. Right? Because they're children. Right? They're children. I bet many of you have said this to your spouse or at least thought it. Right? If you're honest. He is so immature. I wish he would grow up. Or maybe your mother-in-law or your mother has pulled you aside and just... She's so concerned for you. And Thanksgiving says to you, you really have an immature husband. He needs to grow up. Why? Because you're 30 years old and you're still talking like a child. The words that come out of your mouth are the words that a child would use. You haven't given it up. You're still using that kind of language. You're not an adult. You're 25 years old, and you're still thinking like a little kid. Me first. Me first. You're just thinking about yourself. You don't take responsibility for anything you've done wrong. You cover it up. You hide it. You push it around. That's what children do. You're 35 years old, and you're still reasoning like a child. 
See, marriage was never designed to be a, an intimate union between a boy and a girl. God did not design it that way. He did not make it that way. He said, no, no, that is not how it should be. You must give up your childish ways if you want to have sacrificial love. You got to give that up. It's not designed for boys and girls. And when a two children form an intimate relationship, an intimate bond in marriage, every single time, no matter what, always, 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 and they say never say always, I'm saying always, like three or four times here, suffering is the result. So, there's a better way. The Bible says there's a better way. God says there's a better way. I've designed a better way. And that is, stop trying to find the right person and start becoming the right person, i.e., learning how to love sacrificially. If you're not demonstrating these characteristics of love, the ones we talked about, kindness, patience, so on and so forth, you're a big fat baby. Sorry to break the news. You're a baby. Babies are selfish. They demand their own way. They're impatient. They're proud. They're jealous. They're rude. They're irritable. They're all the things that Paul says love is not. And babies have no business dating. How stupid is that? A grown woman, 30 years old, walking down the street hand in hand with a baby? That's not right. Boys and girls have no business standing at the altar saying I do. No business whatsoever. If they do, suffering is the result. So what do you do? Well, we're all flawed. You know, we're all flawed. We, we blew it. Man, when I stood at the altar, I was the biggest, fattest baby. I sure was skinnier then, but biggest, skinniest baby on the planet. Joy, she's big, skinny baby. Two babies. Then those two babies had the brilliant idea of adding another baby to it. Then another one, another one, another one. They're all a bunch of babies. And that train wreck was headed for divorce. From the day one, okay? You know what God did in his mercy, and his grace, and his kindness? He jumped into that relationship, that mess. And he began to show us a better way. A much better way. And it's been great ever since. So how about this? You've got a little uh, program there and a pen. Why don't you take that pen and write a little prayer to God this morning? Just only if you mean it. Don't do it if you're just joking around. I mean, if, if you're not prepared to grow up, 
right? You still want to be a baby for a while? Okay, that's fine. Be a baby. I'm not, I don't have anything against babies. Be a baby. But don't ruin somebody else's life by getting married. All right? Just keep that to yourself. And then when you're ready to, to grow up, okay, it's different. But how about this? Write a little prayer to God and say, say Dear God, today on November 2nd, uh, 19, oh, excuse me, 2014, I've given up looking for the right person. Sign your name. And if you're married, and you're sitting next to that baby, you might have to write secretly. But you can say, Dear God, today I give up expecting my spouse to be an adult. Instead, I'm determined to become one myself. It's not about them. It's about me getting right. Me becoming who I need to be. And then crinkle it up and throw it away. No, no, just you keep it. But make that your prayer. And if you're single, maybe you should make an agreement. I will not date anyone until I'm grown up. Really be honest with yourself. Do you have those qualities? And we like to say, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I got that. I'm good. I'm patient. I'm good. Well, why don't you look at your past and connect the dots? All right? Because that says a lot about you. Not what's out here. That doesn't say anything about you. What's behind you says who you are. And look at those last three relationships. Were they so successful because there was so much patience and kindness and... Oh, was that why they were so successful? Uh-uh. They failed because none of that was there. And so maybe it still isn't. Develop that, learn that, get that from God, learn from the community of faith. Then you're ready to start dating again. You just went through a painful divorce. It was ugly, it was horrible, it was devastating. But you're lonely. You're lonely and... You've always had somebody and you want to get back into another relationship. Are you ready based upon this passage of scripture? You look at that and you say, okay, yes, I have all those qualities. It was all his fault. Well, think about that a little bit longer. But um, you know you're ready when you see this at work in your life. All right? This gives you a clue. Stop looking for Mr. Right to sweep you off your feet and ride off into the sunset, bareback on a white horse on the ocean, and start becoming Mrs. Right. I'd like to pray with you this morning, and of course, I'm married, and so you know my prayer is different than yours. I don't have a perfect relationship with Joy. We still have things that we have to work on, and we do that a lot, as it's important to us. But your relationship is yours and where you're at. And so yours is unique to you. And so I think when you pray, you know, it needs to be in the context of your relationship. 
And God hears our thoughts. The devil does not. That's good news. So you can think your prayer this morning and your spouse will never know what you're saying if they're sitting next to you. And you can pray and ask God to help you become who you need to become. The right person. So that relationship can be awesome. And you know what? He, he answers that one. Asking for the winning the lottery? Mm, probably not. But this one? Yes. This is, this is an answered prayer right here. You pray this prayer. Ask God to do it. And then make a commitment and stand strong. If you will follow the, the advice that God has given us this morning, you will be so happy you did it. And every married couple here is shaking their head, going like this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You will. You will. Don't be like me. Don't do what I did. Do this. We're so glad you did. Let's pray. Father, we ask this morning for your grace to rest upon us to make these changes and to change our mind about how we go about looking for our partner. Lord, um, your word is so wonderful, so practical, so real, it's alive, it speaks to us. And, and Lord, thank you for speaking to me today and showing me what I need to do. And I pray you would encourage and give strength and, and empower each one of us to follow your ways, to follow your word, to follow the Christian path, to follow Jesus to have a better life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.